Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast on this Monday morning. Special guest Michael Burns today. He's been a friend of mine, been an associate for very many years now. We met at some masterminds and some uh, events back in the day. We've kept such ever since, and we just kind of hit it off. And I love watching this guy on social media, watch all the things he's done, the way he handles himself with the 75 hard on the hell side, the way he's kind of always out there documenting what he's doing, talking about his wins and losses, being an open book, showing people that things can be done investing in himself, going to masterminds, posting things out there, making relationships. Guy's always kicking butt, taking names, doing 75 hard. He's taking care of his brain. He's taking care of his finances. He's taking care of his health. And I love that he involves his wife. He's got his mom working for him. He works with his brother. He's posting pictures of his dog. So he really does embody his lifestyle. So I know it's part of his new brand, his lifestyle. You can also catch him on his podcast, The Freedom Lifestyle Experience with Michael Burns. Available everywhere you get your podcast, and you can check out his lending, his broking, his investing. He's got all kinds of things going on with the Burns team and with Lifestyle Lending Inc. So he is kicking butt on all sides. He's a very inspiring guy to watch. Always just been a good dude. I really enjoy Michael. I really like watching what he's doing, and I really appreciate that he came on and we got to connect. And that's, again, one of the things I love about doing this podcast is that uh, you get to just have an hour with people and just talk to cool people and, and keep in touch with them and get to hear about what they're doing and get to watch their growth. So that's also the double-edged sword of social media that sometimes on social media, people use it for some of the wrong things. And it looks like a bit of a weapon, whereas Michael's really using that as a tool. And as the name of this podcast says, when we start to talk about the way that he is able to get leads for his business, he barely spends any money on marketing and he's able to make tons of money in all aspects of this business, strictly through the relationships that he's developing on his own, just being a good guy. So I appreciate you, Michael. Appreciate all the things you're doing. Love watching you be successful, kick butt, take names, and thank you for staying in touch. And definitely thank you for coming on the A-Game Podcast. Everybody, thank you for listening. Once again, we're sponsored by Nationwide Business Capital Group. Go to nicknicknick.com slash links and see under our affiliates for all the ways to connect with Marianne if you need some money for your deals. Also, you can find Bob Chance and Reva Global on there if you're looking for some virtual assistance. And you can also find a course to build your own podcast as well as some very good CBD. Hit putting promo code A-game to get 20% off Naked Warrior Recovery and William Brandon. So all good people associated with this. I really enjoy all the comments I'm getting. So I apologize again. I missed a couple episodes earlier in the year. We're back on track. And we got more of them coming out. We got some great guests lined up. I'm really excited for it. If you want to do some real estate, please text me. I stink at some of these other ways that I thought I was going to be really good at responding on. Best way to get me, 516 540 5733, text with the word real estate, and we will start a discussion on how you can buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or we can figure out a way to partner on some deals. And if you're looking for a checklist for all the ways to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. You guys are awesome. I appreciate it. I'm very excited for my buddies in Taking Back Sunday who are on their way to go do a, a short tour around the UK, Ireland, England, Scotland with Alkaline Trio, which is freaking awesome. So uh, brand new Sarah Blackbelt, Sean Cooper going out there with my buddy Mark O'Connell. And uh, I hope those guys have a great trip and a very amazing experience seeing a different part of the world with a band that we've liked for a very long time. So please engage with us on social media. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please listen. See the show notes for all the ways to connect with Michael. If you are looking for somebody in the area around Utah for your lending, if you're looking for a broker, or if you're looking just to enjoy a really awesome social media page, you can see the links to find his Facebook and his Instagram. You will not regret it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on Michael Burns. Thank you podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. All right. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is an entrepreneur, a proud father, a real estate investor, broker, and lender. He is the co-founder and CEO of Lifestyle Real Estate and Lifestyle Lending, which is taking over Utah as a one-stop shop for your real estate and mortgage needs. He does flips. He manages portfolios. He's an expert networker, always growing, always disciplined, as you will see on his social media that you can check the links in our episode. He's a seasoned season traveler, a dog lover, and the host of the upcoming Freedom Lifestyle Experience podcast. He is committed to giving his clients a first-class customer experience. Welcome to the A-Game podcast, my longtime compadre, Michael Burns. 
What's up, bro? Quite the intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> Dude, you got so many different things. I uh, We met a while ago, man, at Rod. Uh, well, we met before that um, years ago in Utah when I was doing an event out there. And I don't know, we circled back up yeah. uh, at a Rod Cleef event. And I think Chicago or Atlanta, I don't even remember. They all kind of mixed together now. But I've been super impressed of watching the growth in you, not only on the real estate side and watching how you had all these vertical businesses that come up, but just watching the messages you put out and watching you grow as a person, I think has been really awesome, man. And I love and hate social media for a lot of different reasons. But one of them that I, I think is really cool is stuff like this, that I can really watch your journey and look back over the years and see how you turned into this really just a force on the real estate side, on the health side, on the mindset side. So I really appreciate you coming on and it's been exciting to watch your, your journey, man. Yeah, dude, absolutely, bro. Um, yeah, it was Rod Cleef's event in Chicago. Uh, me and my brother were out there kind of dipping our toes, seeing if we wanted to go down that multifamily route and met you. And um, I appreciate all the comments, dude, because like the foundation of my life has been self-development and networking and relationships. Uh, you know, I'm always talking about like I, I build my entire life and business on relationships. And, you know, this is a prime example, you know, meet a guy at a, at a, uh, multifamily event what five years ago probably and here we are doing a podcast and kind of been staying in touch so um but yeah no social media is awesome um if you use it the right way you know it can it can consume you and be a super negative thing i think it can also be the most powerful thing there is out there and you know if you're really controlling the environment that you have there and who you're following and you know can it can be a huge positive thing so um yeah dude i appreciate all that and you know, you were touching on the different stuff and that's really kind of the basis of my company lifestyle and, and my message I'm starting to push out to the world is lifestyle. You know, you got the business piece, the, you know, home life, your relationships, health and fitness, spiritual self-development, you know, the experiences, fun, all that stuff. So um, just trying to, just trying to build a lifestyle, bro. So it's, it's interesting because I get a lot of, uh, you know, I talk to so many different people and everybody's very, very strong and very firm on their opinion of like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And one of the battles I have with some of the other guys that are doing podcasts and just companies is like, you have to pick something and focus on it. You can't be this guy and that guy and the jujitsu guy and the real estate guy. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm just kind of doing what I like to do. And I think your stuff is really interesting because you've literally taken like all of those things, but still kept it as like the lifestyle brand. And I think that that's like, uh, whether it was a, on purpose or not, it was such a genius thing because you actually didn't encapsulate it into a brand and you do get to talk about all the things that you do for health, mentally, physically, financially, for fun. And when you look at your, your, um, your social media, you are putting your own money in to go network and grow and be open-minded. You are putting stuff out where you're the new guy. And when you're the, the top dog with your broker stuff, you're walking properties, you're showing your 75 hard, you're showing your fitness stuff, you're showing your family life. So I do like the fact that you get to watch it and see that you really do practice what you preach and you have created a lifestyle that when you're, you're traveling and you're shooting these videos and you're at these different masterminds and stuff, sometimes you're with family, but you're always out there documenting stuff and, and showing it. And you always look like you're having a great time and you're always learning and growing. And then you're, you're kind of decompressing and giving some stuff on social media after for things you took away that people can implement. So I, I think it's going to be a really cool thing because at the end of the day, as I'm sure most people are finding out and you know, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have health and you don't have family, you don't have those other things, it means nothing. Like one part of that people think is going to make you happy. Like, oh, well, if I could just lose weight, that'll be the thing. Or if I could just, you know, make six figures or seven figures a year, that'll be the thing. But it really is truly having all of those places together in a nice balance that will bring you the key to happiness in life, in, in my opinion. But where do you stand on that? Because I feel like if you don't have all those crossed, I've done really well on a couple of those pieces. But when the other ones get so out of whack, it really drags it all down. Yeah, no, 100%, man. You know, um, one thing that people talk about that I fucking hate is when people say, you know, oh, you need balance. And <laughs> I, I, I totally disagree with that. I think you're just, you're doing your life, right? And whatever is a priority in your life is a priority in your life. Sometimes work's going to take a little more pull. Sometimes you know, it, it's not always going to be balanced, but at the end of the day, if you're focusing on the shit that's important to you and those are your priorities, you keep your priorities, your priorities, and that's your lifestyle, right? So I don't do the whole balance. So business is really business, money, doing deals, getting is a priority for sure for me. Um, but, you know, there was a month where me and my wife were probably married for 
two years and I not I made 200 grand one month, but she hadn't been home for 10 days and I was fucking miserable, dude. And I can tell you, I did not give a fuck about the money. Um, my wife, my best friend, like this person I'm building my life with early in that journey, um, wasn't home. So yeah, I, I knocked down 200 G's in a month, but like the foundation and, and, you know, the depth and, and, you know, the love and connection and wanting a partner in life and all that stuff. That's super important to me. And I think most people need that companionship. It wasn't there. And that really opened my eyes because I've always, you know, I've always been so focused on the money because I thought if I, if I'm successful and I have the money, then I'm going to be happy. Well, really at the end of the day, what I've learned through all my self-development and my spiritual stuff is like, we're chasing these outside things, whether it's money or, you know, Rolex watch or vacation, the dream house, the truck, all these, all these material things are these things that we're chasing our goals. It's not about the actual thing. It's about how we think obtaining that is going to make us feel about ourselves. So if we're making money, well, now I'm significant because I'm making money and I'm doing shit. Or if I have, you know, if I have that cool Rolex watch, like I bought my first Rolex last year and, um, it was fucking awesome. Right. But like, then that goes away. And so if you're constantly placing your happiness on external things, it's just going to be short lived. So, you know, th that's this whole lifestyle thing. So like, yeah, I want to make the money and, and, and fill that bucket, feel good about myself. I'm doing shit. I'm making money, but also the money is about the freedom that it gives us in life. Right. We, it's not really the money. It's what does the money do for us? It gives us time. It gives us options. It, it gives us, you know, the ability to have experiences, and, um, you know, same thing with self-development. I've spent so much hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and tons of time flying over the fucking country, joining these different mastermind groups and spend a lot of time on that because I'm growing. And I think us as humans, we're meant to grow. Like we, you're either growing or you're dying. And that really is, it's not a cliche thing. It's fucking true. Like when you're growing, then you're getting better and you're expanding. You're going to feel better about yourself and things, you know, around you are just going to get better. So, you know, the whole idea of my lifestyle stuff, I've got the things in the different buckets that that make me feel fulfilled. And those are my priorities and what I'm working on. So, like I said, it's the business, the money, the relationships and home life, you know, the family, health and fitness. You know, if you're if you're out of shape and you're not feeling good, if you don't look good, you don't feel good. Right. So. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at with the lifestyle thing and really my goal of, of how I'm trying to, to live my life. And then with the social media and putting it all out there, I think so many people live a bullshit life and, you know, this system that we're in, it's like everything has to fit in this box and has to be this or that. Well, why can't it be this and that? So that's where I'm at with the lifestyle thing, man. But I appreciate you pointing that out and kind of seeing that from afar on social, because that's the foundation of this message I'm trying to share with people is why not do it all? No, I love that, man. And I think what you said there was so key about how the, the month that you killed it, you were miserable because you didn't have the thing that was actually important to you. Because, you know, again, I, I think that people miss that part of it. And it's, it's not always about that. And I, I'll talk to people sometimes, like even when I was doing a lot of coaching, people, I'm telling them like, look, pace yourself. You don't have to be rich tomorrow. And then they go and they buy 14 properties at once. And I'm like, have you, like, how many did you buy before that? Well, none. I go, so you went from no experience to trying yeah. to do 14 at once. And they were like, well, we're making a lot of money. I was like, how's your marriage? How's your stress levels? How are you sleeping? And they were like, oh, we, we're fighting all the time. Like, I was like, so like, at what point is it not worth it? And that's where, again, I think at the end of the day, when you really start to jump into it, I think guys that are scaling up, they are looking really for the lifestyle. And, and that's where I, I really enjoy watching you and watching how committed you are to it. Because at the end of the day, it really comes down to discipline and watching you do the stuff like 75 hard. And like I said, invest in yourself, because what you just said, I hear over and over again from so many different successful people about, you know, the, the personal development, the mindset stuff is so key. But when you talk to new investors and you tell them it's about mindset and personal development, that's a huge part to the financial success. They don't want to hear it. Ah, no, no, just tell me how to flip a house. I'm like, you can download a checklist on Google. Like you could have done that a year ago. Why you're not successful. And they don't want to hear that part. So I'd love to hear about your journey from where you came from. Have you always been so into like learning and growth and personal development or did it trigger from like, for me, you know, there was like a life altering experience that like shaped me into that. And I find a lot of people are reactive versus proactive when they go down that route. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your journey and how you came to where you are today. Yeah. Well, just to touch on what you're talking about um 
the people they want the they want the the overnight thing they want the silver bullet and you know saying that it's going to take you fucking 10 years and showing up consistently every day small wins daily that's not sexy people want the sexy they want fast and it's a process bro like you know we even when we first started doing flips i bought one and then before we closed the first one i bought you know flips two three and four and we were like we weren't ready for that, you know? And so like, you can't go from A to Z, you got to go from A to B to C to D, like it's a process. And to think that you're going to shortcut or skip through that. Um, there's definitely some cheat codes and some shortcuts, but at the end of the day, you got to do the work and um, it's, it's not an overnight thing. You know, every overnight success you see is 10, 15, 20 years deep, you know, you just, um, so I don't have it with me, but uh, our Burns team logo is an iceberg. And that's my favorite, uh, that, that's my favorite analogy that I've seen. You can kind of see right here. So here's our Burns team thing, but th that was literally our logo and that logo represents everything we're talking about. Can you see it? Yeah. People don't see all the shit below. They just see everything above the line. And th this is where the success happens all right here, but it's not fucking sexy. So people don't like that, you know? Um, but to, to my journey, uh, so I'll, I'll go back. So I, I was born in a small town, man. Like I had to drive 20 minutes to get to school. There was one junior high, one high school, but my parents owned a business there. They owned a nursery and a landscape company. So I grew up in a, in a small family owned business in a small town, very seasonal, um, high, really high stress. Like if, if we didn't have a good spring weather, then the rest of the year was stressful money wise. And you know, you're dealing with perishable items and, you know, if it's not a good economy, plants and landscape is, you know, that's secondary money for people. So that was the greatest gift I could have had was growing up in that environment, just learning hard work, the value of a dollar being, being in a city, like my mom's running the books, my dad's running the company, you know, so like just being around that and growing up around that gave me so many invaluable lessons and just, you know, kind of seeing how that works, but also being in a smaller town and seeing my dad could make a phone call and get anything done. You know, we went to the bank and it was like, oh, Mr. Burns, you know, come over here. There was no waiting in line. Like my dad was this big dude in this small town because he had the business, but I watched him build the relationships and I understood the power of, you know, relationships and your network and connections. And that served me so much well now. So just coming from this small town, when you're from a small town, you're just, your relationships are different. And I think small town people just, they have something about them that's a little different that you just can't get in a city. Um, so I grew up like that in family owned business. And then, um, fast forward, I went to college for like a semester. It wasn't my thing. I told my dad, I'm like, listen, dude, I, I want to make as much money as I can as fast as I can. And I don't give a fuck what I do. Like, that's just where I'm at. <laughs> so I got into inside sales, fast forward, moved to Utah. I was selling trees and shrubs. And then I ended up going to a, my brother asked if I want to go to a Dean Graziosi, um, the free workshop, right? Where they come do the free thing. Then it's like sign up for the weekend deal. So we did that first flip and then we did. So I'll back up there. So between going to that workshop and our first deal, it was a year and 94 offers. So it took me and my brother a year and 94 offers before we got our first deal. And that's the difference of making it and not making it. Most people aren't going to continue to do that. And Knowing what I know now, I would have got a deal a lot faster. But when you're starting from nothing and you're green, you know, we're going to some seminars, we're joining the local RIAs, reading books, trying to go to Home Depot and figure out how much shit costs, you know, and just starting from absolute zero green to getting a deal done. Um, but it was a year and 94 offers. And I think that that persistence and that drive is really the only reason that kind of got us going and, and where I'm at today. And I still have that persistence and that drive. And then you start stacking you know, experience and showing up consistently for 10 years and shit starts to happen. That's the iceberg, my friend, those 96 offers in that year of nothing. That was what yeah. was below that water. Well, we did on our second flip. So our, we lost 50 grand on our second, it was 48,500 on our second flip. So the first flip, we closed it. We made 24 grand on our first one. When we were about three quarters of the way done on that first deal, we bought this second house and at the time, it was a $500,000 ARV in Salt Lake. And back in 2011, 2012, that'd be equivalent to about a million dollar house today. 
we had no business doing a million dollar flip with an $80,000 renovation budget on our second deal. Like no, no business doing that. And as a result, you know, we lost 50 grand, um, but just kept going, man, just kept going, kept going, kept going. And um, once I walked away from the brokering sales stuff I was doing, you know, I'm balls deep in the real estate shit. And it's like, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, plan B is reinforcing plan A. Like, I'm not going to quit. Like I'm all in on it and I stayed with it. And here we are. So, so I think, you know, you, you touched on some things there too, that, you know, a lot of the people, it might be a little bit different in the last year or two, just with the, the pandemic and social media and all that stuff. But generally most of the guys that have been around for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years, they did get their start by getting, you know, pulled through that cycle of like a two free two hour thing. And that's, I mean, that's how I got interested in it. But one of the things that I always say is at that point when there wasn't social media and there wasn't all these things to check on people and watch what they're doing every day, all they show was wins, 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 the cars, the money, the this, the that, and all the stuff that I learned that was really important to me. I learned by the mistakes I've made that weren't in any of their books, weren't in any of their courses. It was shit. You just had to figure out by going through it. And I know that there's been some things that you've posted that are definitely inspiring, but you've also posted some stuff when contractors, you're, you're, I'm doing a walkthrough. I just showed up here. They didn't do their job. I was paying them for X, Y, and Z. They're not even here. And I think that that's, to me, the stuff that's more important than ever for people to look at. So they're not just going blindly and pulling their money out of their retirement and going, oh, $500,000 house, $80,000 renovation. What could go wrong? We're going to be rich. It's like, these things do happen. You do have to get through them. And most people will run into those walls and then just quit because they'll go, well, this isn't what I saw on HGTV. This is hard. Forget that. I'm going to go do something else. So I guess kind of a twofold question here is, um, you know, with all the different groups that you're associated with and all the different lessons you learn and coming through that cycle, how important is it to you learning from the losses that people have and how important are the circles that you've joined to keep you going and positive when you do hit those tough times or hit those losses? Because most people, I tried real estate once, I lost some money on a deal, I never did it again. Whereas you talk to guys like you and I that are you know going a decade strong, it's yeah, we tried real estate. We've had a lot of wins. We had some losses, but we didn't tap out after the losses. And I feel like that really is the main reason for people that excel and people that go back to their regular nine to five. Well, I think in real estate, you know, and doing deals with probably a lot of things in general, there's only so much shit you can learn in a book or a seminar or having a mentor, but real estate's one of those things, whether you're an agent a loan officer, you know, you're flipping a house, you're dealing with a the rental. There's so many things that just the only way you learn them or experience them is firsthand dealing with it. Cause there's so many different scenarios that can come up, you know, like our first flip, we had uh, the contractor, I fired him and he, and he put a faulty lien on the property. Like no one talks about that in a fucking book. Like, what do you do when you got to fire a contractor and he leans you for 50 G's and it's the bullshit lien? Like, what are you supposed to do? You know, you got to figure that out or you know, you, you're flipping a home and you have an FHA appraisal and it comes in low. And then you learn that that sticks to the property for six months. There's just a lot of things that you learn by doing. Um, and, and sharing the losses you're right, man, people, you know, especially today in today's Instagram world, you know, everyone wants to be, everyone wants to flex, you know, showing all the wins. And that's really why I intentionally try and go show the losses. You know, I, I posted a deal a few months ago where we lost 40 grand on a house and talked about why and what went wrong and you know it sucks but it, it is what it is but i can say that my my losses or my hardships have taught me the most in business and actually every time in the moment it sucks but every time i have a hard scenario happen it actually elevates me because when you get on the other side of that hardship it's like now your threshold for stress is higher your threshold to deal with tough in challenging situations is harder. And when you get on the other side of that and you survive it, your confidence with yourself and your, your trust with yourself and just your ability to your, just your, your capacity increases and that's going to increase your confidence and it's going to allow you to do more and, and to just be able to navigate. And it's part of the experience piece. And you can't, you can't buy that. You can't, that's all firsthand shit that you learn. You know, you can't, you can't get that other than doing the work yourself. So it's, it's a huge thing, man, like that losing 50 grand on that second deal is probably a top five thing that's ever happened to me in my business life um, of all the wins and all the losses because of just everything going through that process looks like. But if you think you're going to get in business and, and take and take no L's, you know, no losses, like that's just not realistic. So I think a lot of people 
when you're getting, you're going into a deal, I think everyone looks at the upside and it's really easy. It, and a lot of things that I notice that people do too, especially even I do it today, but especially newer investors is you want that deal so bad. You want that first few deals so bad that you're willing to bullshit yourself and lie to yourself about the numbers. So you let me underwrite a deal and I'll make it look like a deal on paper all day long. But so the ability to be honest with yourself and honest on the numbers, even though you're desperate for a deal, you need money, you need whatever it is, it's you really have to be disciplined and be honest with those numbers. Because if you bullshit your numbers on paper and you think, oh, I could get the rehab done for a little less, it's 40, I could probably get it done for 35, 30, you know, and comp say it's worth 280, I bet we could push it to 300. Well, now you have a 40, $50,000, you know, fake spread that you just created by bullshitting yourself and then if things go good maybe you break even but if one thing goes wrong now you're in the red and I do that you know like I think every investor has done that on the deal before and uh, those are just hard lessons that you got to learn but uh, yeah dude it's not all sexy and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns all the time I love that, man. It's like you said, you, you develop calloused as you, as you go and go, yeah. and grow, grow, you get thicker and thicker skin, but you know, I, I specifically, maybe this is just something that you're drawn to, but I know some of the guys that you you're mentored by or in groups with two, particularly, well, I guess all of them, but Sean Whalen, Mark Evans, you know, guys like Ed Millett and Andy Frisella, these are not guys that you're going to go to and go like, woe is me. I just did a bad deal. Like this sucks. It's not going to worse. They are going to just tough love the shit out of you and not let you get away with feeling sorry for yourself. And, you know, that that's an acquired taste. Some people don't like that, but I think that that like people need more of that. Like you said, like when you're bringing it to somebody, you're going, I got a great deal here. And they look at it and they go, you're out of your goddamn mind. Like, this is not a deal. Don't buy this property, but I want like, so having that, have you utilized those types of guys to kind of give you a check from time to time to make sure that you're just, you know, like nobody's handing you anything. There is no Superman. You have to go out and just put the work in. And, you know, how do you respond to that tough love? Because I know for some people, it's it's a skill in itself to be able to relay information in a way that somebody's going to take it. And obviously you're very good at taking tough criticism or you wouldn't be surrounded by those guys. Um, dude, I think it's just part of the deal, man. I was going back to the way that I grew up, I was really lucky with my parents. I, you know, I just had that tough love. And, you know, if I'd fall down, I'm crying. It's like, you're not bleeding, get up, brush it off, you know? Um, so I've, I've just kind of always had that. And I've, I've grown up, I was a littler guy, you know, smaller dude, played a lot of sports at a really competitive level. So I've just always had that extra fight in me because I've had to, I've had to practice more. I wasn't as big as everyone else. So I had to be better with the skills and, you know, people fuck with you when you're a little guy growing up, you know, so I've had to get in some fights and, and just kind of develop that grit and that, you know, a little bit of that chip on the shoulder. So I've always had that just because I've had to. Um, but no, man, anytime you're hanging around anyone that's of any level, uh, people don't like to hear whining and complaining and bitching. It's like, no one's coming to fucking save you. And it's like, you want to play the entrepreneur game. You want to play the investor game. Well, that involves taking a lot of licks. You know, you're going to get your ass kicked. It's part of the game. Like if you think it's going to be nothing, but I think most people probably lose hard. Like you got to go through this, you know, three to five year period of getting your ass kicked and developing the grit and the ability to get through that. And that's why when you look at businesses, they say whatever percentage of businesses fail in the first year, and even 90% of those businesses that do make it through the first year, they're out of business in the next five years. And I think that just comes down to the mental capacity to, to deal with problems and, and to be a self-starter and to understand that, you know, it's not going to be easy. Like, I don't know anyone that started a business or even been a partner in a business or anything that's just, it's everything's gone good. I'm sure it happens, but it's just not, it's not part of the deal. So I think you got to understand, like, if you if this is what you want to sign up for, then you need to realize what you're signing up for. And if you're thinking it's HGTV or all these guys on Instagram that you're following, just showing you nothing but wins, that's just not reality. Um, and, and I think going into that, you got to understand that that's, that's, you know, part of the deal. And that's why I try to talk about the stuff that's not easy and share the losses and stuff, because um, I think it's way more of that to really break through and get to where you build momentum because like it's when you start building momentum that's when things start going well and that's when you start seeing the wins and all of this stuff but it's really hard to get the momentum going if you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner whether you're beginner intermediate or advanced 
any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. Go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure. Or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I love that, man. So talk about what's your, your model now? What type of deals are you guys doing? What are you focusing on? What type on, on the investment side? And then we'll jump into like the brokers and the mortgage and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. On the investing side, we're, we're flipping a lot. You know, I, I, I think I got 14 flips rolling right now at, at, you know, different stages. We flip probably 40 to 50 homes a year. So we will, we'll wholesale a little bit, but not really. I'm primarily flipping. And then, um, on the on our on our portfolio side i think we've got 58 doors right now so that's a mix of uh, i've got a 40 unit apartment building in texas and then everything else is single family stuff here in utah whether it's a duplex or a single family um so that's where we're at self-manage everything in utah with my team and then um obviously we've got management and we're going through the full rehab process right now on that 40 unit deal just south of houston so we're about two-thirds of the way through getting that thing stabilized um, I'm doing a little bit of hard money lending and, um, that's pretty much what I got going on on the investing side, real estate wise, starting to, you know, dip into crypto and we're taking our profits that we're making into now that I'm, I got the flip stuff rolling, I'm taking the flip money and putting it into other, other assets that are, you know, a little more passive. We just invested into a medical spawn here in Utah that does like all the Botox and filler and hair law, hair replacement, all that shit. So we bought into a 20% equity piece um, into something like that. So I'm just trying to expand the portfolio, get a little bit more of the cash flow going, but flips is our, is our bread and butter for sure. Nice, man. So as far as the flips go, talk a little bit about what, what your teams look like, what your model looks like. Cause we, we were having a conversation offline before we started and you were telling me how, just Utah's on fire and all these different things that are coming there. So obviously you're not the only guy who knows that stuff. There's people that are studying that and they're seeing how great an opportunity there is in Utah, which means there's money to be made, but usually have to work a lot harder to get it in a competitive market. So for you to have that much going on on the real estate side, uh, like what are you doing for lead generation? How are you, how many people are out there? What, what does your team look like? How are you staying on top? of yeah. managing contractors for 14 different properties because that's a whole skill in itself where people, you know, they buy it right, but they mismanage the contractor and now it's lost. So, you know, it's a tough gig. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the old saying, you make your money when you buy the deal and then you you keep your money by executing on it. That's hundred uh, percent true. So um, yeah, Utah's like the last two years we're out of control. Like I haven't bought a rental in Utah because like I thought, irresponsible is here and we're like right here like the market, it's, it's like it's hard to believe like our our so four or five years ago the median price in salt lake county was 285 and today it's like 505 like we've almost doubled in four years five years so it's it's been crazy to watch um and there's a lot of out-of-state money coming in here now too once you start hitting you know all these top sheets for a top market you know a lot of a lot of out-of-state money comes in if you get people from california who are used to getting shitty returns they come to utah and they think what i perceive as a shitty return and they think it's a great deal so it's it's really gotten diluted and it's extremely competitive you know, I used to buy a lot of deals from wholesalers, but now those wholesalers that are, you know, blasting their deal out to their 2000 buyer list, you know, email list, I run the numbers and it's like, there's, I'd maybe make five grand on this deal, you know, and then somehow someone buys it. So it's just been, it's been hard that way, but uh, I've never really been good at the marketing piece. I've tried to do marketing self-gen like three times and failed miserably. I just launched a campaign this last week where I've got some different VAs and things in place and I'm going to, I got to get it right this time. But um, earlier I said, everything with my business is relationship based. So like we're getting deals from everywhere, but lots of agents bring me deals. Um, I'll buy some stuff from wholesalers. We'll get referrals. We get some shit off the MLS still. So I'm just got all lines out all the time, but um, relationships and just, 
constantly, you know, trying to provide value, speaking at the RIAs. I'm hosting the monthly events at my office now and just trying to continue to build my brand. And, and that's helped deal flow come in too. So that's where our deals are coming from. Um, as far as the construction side, I've got like six different crews we work with. So I don't have anyone on payroll. Um, it's all 1099, like bid by the job type stuff. So, um, and we're still, when I first started, this guy said, uh, and for whatever reason, it stuck with me at the time. And, it, and it's really true. But he said, every contractor has a shelf life. Sure. And that's true. I mean, of the 10 years I've been doing this, the only guy that's still with me is my roofer. And so like, no matter how good the contractors are and the relationships are, it's just, you know, it's only a matter of time before you have a falling out or just something happens. So I'm always looking for new contractors to come on, but I've got about six different crews right now that we're using. Some of them can handle a house at a time. Other guys can handle four or five houses at a time, but that's uh, probably my biggest ongoing struggle is the contracting piece. Cause you got to have the price that works, but you also need the quality and you need the time and, and balancing those, those things. And, and in a competitive market, like we have, there's more work than there is workers, you know? So like um, the only ways we keep in our, treating our guys well and, and making sure, you know, they get paid when they ask for it and they have consistent work and really building the relationship and treating them well, going by the projects and bringing beer and pizza and showing up with, you know, tacos and burritos or whatever. Like I'm always doing everything I can to build the relationship, make them, you know, telling everyone, I appreciate you really appreciate you guys, you know, and, um, that's how I've been able to keep a lot of my, my guys with us. And, and especially in a competitive market when, you know, people are probably stopping by my job sites trying to pull my guys away, but they know they have consistent work. They know they're going to get paid. They know I'm going to treat them well. They feel valued. They feel appreciated. You know, they feel like the quality of their work is getting acknowledged because I'm pointing it out. So that's what I do to really try and manage that. Um, and then I've got a project manager and assistant. So she's taking over more and more of that piece, but that, that's kind of how our flipping business looks with the different pieces there. Nice, man. And so what made you decide to go branch out to these other things, which I, I think is brilliant because they're all, they're not like all these different things. Like when you talk about the, the broker side, the real estate investment side, the mortgage side, they all kind of feed each other. So how did that come about? What came first and how have you been, you know, just growing with that side of it? How has that helped you in business? So when we were doing that first flip, I went and got my realtor license. So in Utah, you got to do 120 hours of online shit, and then you got to pass a state and a national exam. So over over the uh over the holidays and and like an 11 day period i knocked out all 120 hours to get my real estate license and then went and took the test and i did that so we could sell that first flip but then also it gives you access to the mls so i can pull comps and then back then you could buy properties off the mls so i had access to the realtor super box so i could go look at them but then if we would buy a property i could make a commission too instead of having an agent write an offer for me. So that's why I got my real estate license. And then I was, it was a Saturday afternoon and I was driving down and I saw it for sale by owner. So I pulled over, went and talked to the guy. I was trying to buy the house and it wasn't working out. And I said, well, shit, I'm a realtor. I could list it for you if you want. And he was like, cool. I gave it, I did it for like four and a half percent, you know, so I did it for a point and a half or whatever, but I sold the house and I made like five grand. I'm like, dude, that was easy. That was quick. I had none. Of, I had nothing at risk. Like I should be doing this more. So that was my first retail real estate deal. So then I started doing retail real estate and the flips. And then that just kind of progressed, you know, to where it is now. And then on the mortgage side, um, I had a buddy who was doing a lot of refinances and um, working at a company, they were spending like half a million a month in direct mail marketing for VA loans. And, you know, basically it was like a call center job. You get, you get light at one time I was licensed in 40 States, but he asked me if I wanted to come start doing mortgages with them. They were making a ton of money and I told him, nah, dude, I, I've got my real estate shit going. I'm starting to get some traction, but you know, I think my little brother would be a good fit. So my brother went over and became this dude's assistant and then got it licensed and started doing loans. And then my brother calls me up. He's like, dude, I'm going to make like 20 G's this month in loan commissions. I was like, what? <laughs> Fuck, dude. And I was like, I'm a much better salesman than he is. I'm going to, you know, I would kill it at that. So I, went, I was like, I, I want to jump on this, you know, bandwagon. So I went and got licensed and um, that's what started the whole mortgage thing. But I was always, I was, I was doing the loans and then I was still doing my real retail real estate stuff. And I was still doing my flips. So I kind of always had the three of them going. And then we were buying, bought a couple seller finance properties as our first rental. So I kind of had everything going at the same time. And it's just been a process of scaling that up. 
So about a year ago, we opened our own brokerage, um, Lifestyle Realty for the real estate side. And then my brother and I were partners on the mortgage company. So we opened our mortgage company around the same time earlier this year, Lifestyle Lending. So we've got the real estate brokerage, the mortgage brokerage. Um, and what's cool about that too is 80% of the time, like we're helping with the real estate and the loan. So it, it provides this awesome experience um, for the client. And uh, so that, that's pretty much what we're doing. So now I'm just trying to scale the flipping thing. And I really want to impress on the mortgage company and growing that out and, and expanding that. That's awesome. Is there any liabilities or restrictions in finding somebody the property and offering the financing for it as well? Yeah, so you can't, there's a few states that allow you to be the realtor and the loan officer on the same deal, but with FHA, you can't do that. So we'll just set it up to where like, uh, so I've got my family involved, like my wife's licensed agent, my mom just started working with us a couple of years ago. So, you know, someone will be the agent on the deal. And then my brother or myself will be the loan officer. So we're, I mean, we're doing the deal, but it's, it's in different names. So it's all it's all above board and, and no problem there. You got it. When you have ownership in both companies, you got to disclose that. But um, most people love it, man. They don't, uh, there's no issue with it. And they like that everything's in house and they're dealing with, you know, kind of the same team on everything. I love that, man. So what's the future looking like for you guys? Are you like right now, if somebody wants to come in and pick up some investment properties in Utah, are you doing something where you can help them find a property or is it more for primary? And then obviously you can help with like the loans and kind of like you're, yeah. you're, you're trying to create a full service system, I imagine, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So on, on the, on the, on the, on the, sorry, on the retail real estate side, um, we're helping people buy and sell investment properties is a little more challenging if they want, you know, if they've got realistic criteria where we can actually find them a property we'll work with them but if it's like oh yeah i want to buy three flips this year we're not working with people like that just because if i see flip deals i'm going to do them myself um sure. and then uh but yeah we're my, my big focus is really growing the flipping company and taking that money and putting it into more investments and then growing the scale in the mortgage company so our, right now i want to start recruiting people so i want loan officers and realtors to be coming to our company that's and, awesome. Um, and I, I just heard uh, I just heard David Green on Wyman's podcast, and he was basically talking about doing the same exact thing you are, man. So you're among some smart people for branching out to that model. Yeah, and it's all it's all integrated, right? So like we might as we might as well do it. And to talk about you know to hit on what you mentioned earlier is a lot of people say you got to focus on the one thing, and I've really struggled with that. Like, oh man, I'm doing all this different shit. I should just be a flipper. I should just do this. But then it's like, I'm making six figures in all of them. So walking away from the money is, doesn't make sense either. And then, so I've just kind of embraced the, you know, it's not this or that it's this and that, and you know, it makes sense. And we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're providing a service and um, it's a positive thing. So just trying to figure that out. But I personally don't like the retail business at all. Like I don't, I'm not going to be showing homes. I'll do some listing appointments if I need to, or if it's past clients, but I'm not out there chasing any, any of the retail business. That's for sure. That's smart, man. So for opening a brokerage though, for the average bear that's doing real estate investment, is that something you would recommend to branch onto? And obviously you would have to have somebody under you that can manage it. So I know you're not the person doing it, but you're part owner. And then you have people kind of running those wheels underneath you, right? Yeah. So for the real estate brokerage side, what kind of, <clears throat> what kind of pushed that whole thing is, um, we had an awesome broker where we were at still great relationship with the guy today, but he, you know, that company was trying to tell us that we had to run all of our investment deals through them, even if it was off market. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Um, plus like, I'm, you know, they want to get paid on it too. And then really with the volume that we were starting to do between our flips and then our, just our retail business too, is the more deals you do, the more issues that come up. And I got sick of like, either, you know, my broker getting involved because the other side's broker is calling or me needing to ask my broker to call their broker, you know, so I just wanted, I was like done doing that. I just wanted to be the guy to, to be able to handle everything. So that's really what kind of sparked getting the, the real estate brokerage going was just, I wanted control of everything and, um, you know, operating the way that I wanted to, not the way that they wanted me to, and then not being able to just call up as, as the broker, um, you know, when you're dealing with a shitty agent and you got to get things going or whatever it is. But from a compliance standpoint, a lot of people will say or ask me, you know, like, oh, if I'm an investor, I think it's a bad idea to be a licensed agent because you got to disclose that you're an agent. And I think that's a disadvantage. And I disagree with that hundred percent. I think 
having a license, um, you got to disclose that you're a licensed agent and you got to use the state approved contracts. But outside of like the, the upside of all the stuff that you get versus having to say, hey, I'm an agent, people aren't going to, I don't think people are going to not do a deal with you because you're a licensed realtor. I'm not going to sell your house. I'm, I'm not going to let you buy my house because you're an agent. I've never ran into that. But a lot of people will, they have that idea that like it's a negative thing. No, I agree, man, on both of those fronts. And I dealt with the same exact that thing on the broker side. It's unbelievable how when you're an investor and you're going through a brokerage, they get so nosy. And the stuff that they start to tell you, like she kept using, well, as your broker, you need to tell me this. And as your broker, I need to know about that. And as your, well, how'd you find that as your broker? And I'm like, you, you like yeah. are waving that around like this. So I just, you know, cut that off. But I agree, man. I think that there's definitely advantages to it. And I think like in everything in life, the communication and just upfront stuff, if you're doing things above board, it's, it's, it's not a tough conversation. It's not a disadvantage, man. So I definitely love that. I don't want to keep you all day, man, but there's a couple other things that I definitely want to ask you about. One of them being uh, 75 hard. I've seen you post on it at least three times now and showing your progress going through it. I see a lot of people post that they're starting it. I don't see a lot of people posting that they finish it, but you do, dude. And I've watched you, uh, you know, go out and be at masterminds where people have plates of delicious food and you've got your shakes and your smoothies and you're doing all your stuff, man. So talk about 75 hard and how that's helped you um, translating that into your business life and the discipline on that side, because I always feel like it's all related on my side. Oh, dude, 75 hards, uh, the best thing that, that I've done. And I think anybody can do. So Andy Frisella, uh, CEO of First Forum, he also runs Arte Syndicate that I'm in. He, he created 75 hard a few years ago. So I'll run through it real quick. Um, so you got to do two workouts today, 45 minutes each. Um, they have to be separated by a minimum of three hours. So you can't do back to back but one of them must be outdoors. And the reason it has to be outdoors is it's the idea that you can't control the environment. You can't control, everything's not, the circumstances aren't always gonna be ideal. So two workouts a day, you gotta drink a gallon of water a day. You need to read 10 pages of a business or personal development book a day. A progress photo, you gotta follow a diet. And it's any diet that you establish up front. So you, you can't say like cheeseburgers and hot dogs are on my diet, but like, Whatever diet is in line with your goals, um, you basically it's it's committing to a diet for the 75 days, and then there's no alcohol and no cheat meals. So you do that for 75 days, and if you miss one thing, you got to start over. So you you know you miss a bottle of water, start over. You eat a piece of cheese, and that's not on your thing. You start over. You miss the workout, you start over, um, and that's for 75 days. And at initial glance, people think, oh, that's a workout program, and it's not a workout program at all. It's 100% a mental toughness and discipline thing so I've done that so you do that 75 days and then if you want he's got a phase one phase two and phase three so phase one is basically uh 30 days and it's all the shit that I just mentioned and then you got to add five critical tasks 10 minutes of visualizing and a five minute cold shower and you do all that shit every day for 30 days again if you miss any of it you got to start over and then phase two is basically 75 hard just for 30 days. And then phase three is everything I noted in phase one, plus there's some other shit in there you got to do too. So I've done 75 hard twice. I've done phase one um, once and phase two once. So um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, for me, the biggest thing is, is we all make promises to ourselves and we rarely keep them. So when you're showing up 75 days in a row and you're keeping these promises you make to yourself, um, you just, your, your self-confidence and your relationship with yourself, uh, for me, hit an all-time high. Plus, like you're getting in better shape. You feel better because you're drinking the water. You're reading a book every day. You're, you're building this momentum. And it's just, uh, it's been one of the best things that I've done. It's totally free. I highly recommend everyone look at it. But yeah, dude, it's hard when you're traveling. Like I was... Um, I just finished up 75 hard probably a month and a half ago. And I was, it was September and I was at a two day conference in LA and it's, you know, I got to do my two, my two deals. So it's like lunchtime. So I eat lunch real quick and then I'm doing my outdoor workout at lunch and missing the first part of the speaker, getting back, I'm all sweaty and shit, you know, like, <laughs> trying to take notes and, you know, like, um, but yeah, that's 75 hard. It's been an awesome thing. I think everyone should try it. Um, but that's, that's a big thing. That's, it's not a workout deal at all. It's like, you know, when you're sharing people about it, it's like, Oh, why would you, you know, it's a stupid workout program, but 
when you get through it, like the first 10 days, 14 days, it's cool and exciting. It's new. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm do this. And then you start getting in day 20 and day the 30s and you're like, oh, this sucks. I'm not even halfway <laughs> there. And then the 50s are the hardest um, for me. But about uh, 75, everyone should do it. Awesome, man. And what kind of stuff are you seeing going on in your business when you're going through that? Obviously, you're seeing some physical transformations and, and some mental clarity, but are you seeing parallels that as your physical and mental clarity is getting better, it's directly affecting your business in a positive way? The biggest thing is is when you're when you've got all this shit you got to do and it's spread out, you got you, you like you you got to plan your day, like your workouts. If you don't start drinking your water early in the day and you don't, you know, you're way behind on your water and you got to drink half a gallon of water starting at six o'clock, it's really hard. So it, uh, more than anything, um, you realize how much time you waste and how inefficient you are with your day and scheduling things. So, so really just being on top of shit from the minute you wake up and just being really conscious of like, I'm wasting 20 minutes here, I'm wasting 30 minutes there, but also just realizing when you're watching your food for me, like I love food, you know? And, um, you realize the things that, uh, that, like the, it, it just points out so many things, but the biggest thing for me is probably lack, lack of time management. And really like when you're focused, like so much more productive when I'm doing that, because I'm like, okay, I got this shit dialed in, but then it makes you, because you're so dialed in all throughout the day, focused on these things that automatically carries over into everything else. Right. So I'm more efficient as a husband I'm more efficient at showing up in my business because you have to be to get all the shit done. Um, and that's truly been good and helped me too, you know, with this whole lifestyle thing and the balance that I talked about earlier and, and, and keeping your priorities, your priorities, whatever those look like. But yeah, dude, like you would think that production would go down, but it actually goes up the, the more that you throw in. Grant Cardone talks about that. You know, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person, you know, like someone that's got a lot of shit going on, they're more productive than you know what I'm saying? Like you're just more productive when you got a lot to do. No, I love that, man. It's like, uh, one of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything. So it's like you said, if you're, if you're dialed in and on top of everything on one side of your life, it's going to translate over to the other. So I think that's awesome, man. And, uh, you know, a few questions just before I let you go, I like to call this a victory lap. You've read a lot of books. You you've met a lot of very inspiring people. What's one of your favorite quotes and what's one of your favorite books? Um, my favorite quote is my quote, and that's plan B is reinforcing plan A. Like I live by that, you know, um, and, and always operate from the truth. You know, like if you're, if, if you're like, for me, if I, if I, if I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and I'm, and I'm connected to, you know, my source and all of that stuff, then, and I'm clear on my purpose. And then if I'm operating from the truth, then that's all I got to be doing, you know, but plan B is reinforcing plan A. That's been my battle cry and, and what's got me to where I'm at and, and hopefully what'll get me to where I'm going. Awesome, man. What about uh, a preferential book? Good books is uh, everyone's going to say think and grow rich, you know, so that's a given. Um, for me, a couple of other books that really like is Compound Effect. You familiar with that one? Yeah. Compound Effect is a great book. Um relentless by tim grover is a really really good book as well and then um those would probably be my i think 12 pillars is another really good book too nice tim, tim bratz actually turned me on the 12 pillars and i'm reading winning by tim grover right now yeah tim actually he i think that's maybe when you got that book he gave it to to everyone in, in his group but that's when i read 12 pillars and i'm like 12 pillars is interesting because I've read, I've been doing self-development and reading for so long. And I read that book and it's like, it's almost like a chapter on every classic book that's ever been written all like condensed into 130 pages. When I was reading it, I'm like, dude, dude, this has got all the classic shit in it. Yeah. I like that, man. Yeah. I think, I think you start to see a lot of this stuff. Like you said, it's just reinforcements of stuff that, you know, and it's a good reminder or a kick in the butt of like, Oh yeah, I should be doing that, man. So awesome. I mean, last thing is, I've dealt with so many people, whether it's, you know, mentees or business people or people that are buying properties. And a lot of the time they come to you and they're so excited. I want to get into real estate. I want to change my life. I want to get into jujitsu. I want to fix my health. And they got to go through everything. And then we make a plan and they go, okay, I'll follow up with you tomorrow. And then I don't hear back from you. And then when I follow up, I go, Hey, what happened? You know, I was really all into this, but then I went home 
and I talk to my wife or I talk to my husband and she doesn't believe in this or she thinks I'm going to get hurt doing jujitsu or she thinks real estate's a scam or whatever. And they don't have that support. And I think watching what you have with the support system with you and your wife and you guys doing the 75 hard together and doing the business together, I think is freaking awesome, dude. And I love watching that. And I love that kind of support for somebody who doesn't have that. What's some advice or some experience you could share with somebody who doesn't have the support at home from their spouse or business partner to go and better their life? I think first and foremost, it's communication. You know, um, I was kind of on the path that I was on when I met Kia before we got married. So I was very clear on setting like, hey, my goals and dreams and business are a priority to me. And like, don't ever make me choose between the two. You know, like I'll, I'll show up and be great boyfriend, husband, all that stuff. But like, I was very clear, like, this is what I'm doing in life. This is important to me. And like, this is what you're signing up for. If you want to roll with me, like, it's just what it is. But if you're, you know, maybe some people are already, they're 20 years deep into a marriage and, and uh, you know, they now are deciding they want to make some shifts and different things. And that can be really intimidating and scary to a spouse when it's like their foundation is going to get rocked, right? Maybe someone wants to quit a job and get into real estate or they start doing self-development and then the spouse sees them changing and they don't like that because it's making them feel insecure. So I think, I think uh, just communicating and being really clear on, on what you're doing. And I think especially in a relationship piece, there's, there's kind of three pieces to it. You got me as the individual and my goals and my dreams and aspirations. And then you have your spouses, them as an individual and their goals and dreams and aspirations. And then you got the shit that you're doing together. And I think having, communication and being clear on what that looks like is the going to be the beginning of like how that works so it's not just like hey this is what I'm doing and it's like hey I'm you know we should be growing as people as humans and individuals so this is the stuff I want to do like what do you want to do and and focus on what 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 do they want too so like how can you support them and help them do what they want to do so now it's not just about you doing what you want to do and then it's like what are we doing together and if you can't have that conversation and you can't get on that page together then i probably seriously question the relationship that you're in because if you can't do that then why are you even doing life together you know what i mean um and i talk about this all the time too but you you can't have negative you know like if you're doing all this positive shit over here and you're on the gas and you're doing the self-development, you're going to the gym, you're doing all the shit, but then you have all this negative dead weight holding the breakdown at the same time, like you're not going to go anywhere. So it's not what people like to hear, but you got to cut the negative. And that's, you know, sometimes that's relationships, sometimes it's family, it's friends, it's whatever it might be. It's leaving a shitty job environment, but you can't stay in a bucket of crabs and, and think you're going to progress, you know? So it's, it's like going to the gym every day and eating cheeseburgers every day at the same time, like it's counterproductive. And, and that's the hardest thing I think that a lot of people struggle with as you're growing. And there's different levels to it too. Like I'm always monitoring my environment of, you know, what's coming in, who am I around? And, and as you grow, it, it's going to be a constant thing that you always have to be, you're, you're always going to be evolving through and, and making adjustments to, but um, you can't have negative dead weight around you because it's going to hold you back. And, you know, if you're not going to stand up for your, your dreams and your goals and, and the lifestyle you want to live, like who's going to, like, no one's going to do this shit for you. Wise words, my dude. I think that that was great and a, an amazing place to stop and end. I appreciate you coming on, but talk about before we let you go, lifestyle, real estate, lifestyle, lending, all the things going on with Mike Burns. How do people find you? What can they expect for you in the future? You know, plug away, tell people how to work with you and how to find you. Absolutely, man. Um, so I'm doing a huge push on social media and just trying to get my my message out there of building a lifestyle and taking personal accountability and just not living a bullshit life. Like you don't have to live in this box that society I think portrays. You know, it's not set up to to be an individual and 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 free thinking and and go do what you want. We live in America. You can be and do whatever the fuck you want to do. So like, go do it. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Michael.Burns. B-U-R-N-Z. Um, Facebook, I'm Mr. Michael Burns. I'm really heavy on social. My podcast is coming out next week. That's Freedom Lifestyle Experience. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just here to, to share my journey and, and to provide value, you know, so follow me. Uh, if I can help with anything, hit me up. I'm happy to help and uh, go build relationships, doing what Nick and I are doing right now. Like your life is going to be as good as the relationships that you have, whether it's personal or business, that would be my, my advice. I love that, man. 
And for the new people, like, you know, making that jump from where you are now to where you want to be, like the best thing you could do is go get in the environment where what you want to do is happening. So if you want to start doing real estate deals, go start plugging into your RIAs, go, you know, get, get a mentor or find someone that's doing what you want to do, make friends with them, bring value to them. And, and like, you can do whatever it is you want to do. Just go plug into it. Perfect, dude. Well, you always bring your game to everything you do. I love watching what you're doing on social media, on the real estate side, on the personal development side, on the fitness side. Um, just again, watching your journey, man. It's been a pleasure to be a part of it and get to watch you get to where you are today. And I look forward to seeing where you are in the future, man. Any final words before we let you go? No, bro. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on the show. And, um, you know, hope everyone has a nice holiday season and go kick some ass. I love it, man. Michael Burns, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day.